Investigators, this case is about terror on the high seas, and what's supposed to be a romantic cruise to Mexico ends with the husband flying into a rage and killing his wife with his bare hands, and then he blames it on being possessed by a scorpion inside a tequila bottle. Well, FBI has confirmed that this is now a homicide investigation. As you were saying, this is very frightening for passengers that we're talking to. That's me reporting on the case as the husband is being hauled off the Carnival Elation cruise ship in handcuffs in the port of San Diego. It's a horrific case, but it's not the only murder case on this particular cruise ship. Before we dive into the case, I want to let you know that the content is for mature audiences and still might not be for everyone. I also want to remind you that we have a special shout out to everyone who wrote reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps independent podcasts like this one get noticed, especially with all the changes with Apple. So please subscribe, rate five star, and please write a review. After this episode, we're also going to share with you two true crime podcasts I think you're really going to like. Stay tuned for that. More on that after the case. The murders of Shelley McGill and Tamara Tucker. Investigators, grab your vacation passport. You're on deadline. From the Hollywood Hills to your ear holes, this is True Crime Deadline. A podcast discussing cold cases, murder mysteries, and completely random thoughts. Now, here's your host, a man who stands in front of crime scene tape and talks on the TV box for a living, Mr. Mystery himself, Matt Johnson. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode, episode 11. I know many of you might still be on summer break, summer vacation with the kiddos, so I thought I would give you a couple vacation murder cases to think about, which puts us on deck of the Carnival Elation cruise ship, a 71,000-ton ship with a guest capacity of more than 2,100 people and a crew of 930 members. The ship is older, a smaller ship that has been refurbished, including a new putt-putt golf, water park with all those slides, ballroom, restaurants, and staterooms. It has also received a few awards like Best Refurbished Cruise Ship, so imagine that. And it's typically used in smaller round-trip cruises, three to five days to the Bahamas or Mexico, depending on where it's ported. Now, I found a couple deals in my research online between three and $500 for each getaway, so it's pretty affordable. The ship's home port has changed quite a bit, from San Diego, California, Mobile, Alabama, New Orleans, Louisiana, and Port Canaveral, Florida. So for our first cruise ship murder on this ship, we head to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, with Shirley and Robert McGill of the San Fernando Valley in L.A. Shirley McGill was 55 years old, born Shirley Jean Longstreet on July 8, 1954 in Salem, Oregon. She had worked as a field rep for the DMV in Canoga Park for 11 years, and she had just retired. She was a mother of four from a previous marriage and was a proud grandmother. She loved animals, she loved gardening, she loved music, and she always had a smile on her face. She was married to her high school sweetheart, Robert. The couple reunited shortly before their 30th high school reunion from Claremont High School, where they were married for about five years before this trip. 
Friends said that Robert loves Shirley with all his heart. Robert is 55 years old, born Robert John McGill. He's a teacher at L.A. County Area Schools, and he works there for decades, since 1979. He taught at-risk and pregnant teens at the West Valley Leadership Academy in Canoga Park, which the county eventually plans on closing because of dwindling attendance. In July of 2009, Robert and Shirley decide to take a five-day cruise to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, with a few friends, another couple. They were celebrating Shirley's retirement from the DMV and also celebrating Robert's 55th birthday. They were planning on moving to Oregon after he retired soon, which was going to be soon because they were closing the school. But they were having a great time on the Pacific on this trip. The first hint of trouble on board the Carnival Elation came three days into the cruise on July 14, 2009 after a day of heavy drinking in Cabo. And I mean heavy drinking. Once back on the ship, Robert unleashed evil, unthinkable evil. Passengers heard fighting and loud screaming. But it was the other couple, their friends, who called security, saying that they were concerned a woman might be dead. Crew members rushed to the McGill's cabin, room 24 on the Rivera deck, according to court documents. A privacy please sign was on the door, they pushed inside, and inside they found blood splatter everywhere, her body on the bathroom floor. And I have a picture of the stateroom on my website, truecrimedeadline.com. As for Robert, he was not in the room, nowhere to be found. Security puts out an alert. They find him on the upper deck smoking a cigar and drinking beers from a bucket of beer, looking out on the water like nothing had happened. They noticed blood on his hand, and they started asking him about his wife. And he told them this, Life is a mystery. Bring me to your security office. Go to my room and find her. I killed her. I killed her. And during all of this, the ship is making its way back to the port of San Diego. And that's when the FBI is called to investigate. And the local news media gets wind that there's a murder investigation underway because it goes over the scanner. At this point, I'm dispatched to the port of San Diego, in downtown San Diego. We park our live truck right in front of the massive white cruise ship with a red and blue trim logo, and we start grabbing passengers, anybody, to try to figure out what is going on. And they're frightened and also wondering the same thing. I'm working for KSWB-TV, the local Fox affiliate at the time, and I remember thinking how shocking this story was. I'm just 29 years old. The newscast had just ended that I worked on, and I'm first on the scene. So I call the station, and they tell me that KTTV in LA wants a live shot. They're still on the air, which happens to be the station that I would later work for right now, 10 years later. And here's a clip from that report. Take a listen. News out of San Diego, a murder on a Carnival cruise ship. Matt Johnson is there live with more for us. Matt, what can you tell us? Well, FBI has confirmed that this is now a homicide investigation. As you were saying, this is very frightening for passengers that we're talking to. They're getting off board of the carnival elation here. This is home ported down here in San Diego. Now, we're told by the FBI, they confirm with us that Tuesday night, on the last leg of the five-night cruise to Baja, Mexico, staff were called to a cabin on board that ship for a domestic dispute. Passengers say that they heard yelling, they told us. Once the staff arrived, they found a 55-year-old woman dead inside. 
Again, this is very shocking to a lot of passengers, including James Torbett. James, you were here with your family. This was your um, family vacation. What's going through your mind? Uh, it just kind of brings into question the security of where you're at. I mean, you're in an enclosed environment, and you just kind of wonder how could this happen. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of alcohol flowing and things like that, and things do get out of control. But uh, What were you and your family told? Oh, we weren't told anything. They, uh, the only thing that came over was over the, the intercom system was attention, crew, uh, code bright star, uh, cabin R24. And you didn't know what that meant? No, they didn't tell anybody. So when we did tried. you hear and what did you hear? Uh, it was just word of mouth, basically some teenage kids. Apparently that's where the news really flows. <laughs> and they said that there was a lady that was uh, murdered. They weren't sure uh, how or why. And that the, uh, the husband apparently was in the... Uh, the main uh, eating area, uh, wherever the dining room, and said, uh, I think I killed my wife or something to that effect. The scene behind me looks chaotic. There were about two dozen federal agents, I remember that, and passengers everywhere, and a lot of looky-loos, a lot of tourists. They take McGill off the ship. He has long gray hair, he's Caucasian in his 50s, and his hands are behind his back in handcuffs, and he looks down quite a bit. But he's also stumbling. He is so drunk, he can't walk the planks. He had been detained on the ship's brig for several hours. I also see the San Diego County medical examiner remove the body from the ship in a body bag. There are live trucks lining the wood deck along the water, and it's full of tourists. A lot of local media is there, and then eventually LA media starts to show up as well. We run over to the FBI. We're trying to get answers. And they're not releasing any details. So we grab a few passengers, and they tell us that they think that the woman was stabbed to death. And that's what the news goes with. Back here at home, murder on the high seas. A woman from the San Fernando Valley stabbed to death on a cruise to Mexico. The suspect is her own husband. Al Michael, live in San Diego. Al? And we're right here at the port. Uh, it was aboard the uh, carnival ship Elation. As a matter of fact, it came into port here around 6.30 this morning on board the body of the woman that was murdered and the suspect, her husband. The trial was held in federal court because the crime happened on the high seas. And there are no cameras allowed inside federal court. But we do learn a lot of new details in the case. During the cruise, on his birthday, Robert apparently snapped. He had been drinking heavily in Cabo and went into a rage on the ship. He pummeled his wife inside the cabin, his high school sweetheart, and then strangled her to death in the bathroom. An autopsy showed that she died from blunt force trauma to her skull and brain, and then strangulation. She did not die right away. He told the court that he had hallucinated after drinking half a bottle of mezcal tequila and seven or eight beers. He said the scorpion inside the bottle possessed him, triggering the killing. Prosecutors pointed out that after the killing, he walked over his wife's body several times. She lie there dying. He cleaned himself up in the bathroom and then went up to the upper deck to enjoy a cigar and drink a bucket of beers while looking out at the water during the sunset. During the trial, his sons would visit him, and according to court documents, he asked them if this case was on TV yet. He said that there was more to the story than what's been reported. In the end of the trial, Robert pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. 
He apologized for the murder of his wife, but could not really say why he did it. His defense attorneys asked for a lenient sentence. They just wanted 11 years and a few months. In December 2011, federal judge Irma Gonzalez sentenced Robert McGill to life in prison for the murder of his wife, Shirley, his high school sweetheart, who he murdered on his birthday while they celebrated on board the Carnival Elation. Nine years later, on the same cruise ship, another man was arrested for killing his girlfriend after she fell from her balcony to her death during a cruise from Jacksonville, Florida to the Bahamas. It happened in January of 2018. Police say 50-year-old Tamara Tucker was excited to take a vacation with her boyfriend, 53-year-old Eric Newman of Topeka, Kansas. The two had dated for years and were living in different states. It was exciting for them to be together, and they decided to take a cruise to celebrate Tamara's 50th birthday. Tamara was a mother with an adult son, a professor of social work at Park University, and she worked there for a decade. Before that, she worked to prevent child abuse with an organization in the Kansas City area. Her obituary referred to Newman as her longtime love. On January 18, 2018, the ship departed Jacksonville for a four-day cruise. The next day, passengers reported a woman had fallen from her balcony on the 14th floor. It was Tamara. She fell to her death, landing on the 11th deck of the Carnival cruise ship. Everyone thought that the death was an accident. At least that's what the local news in Jacksonville reported. Then, eight months later, her boyfriend, Newman, was arrested for murder. Doing research for this episode, I ran across reporting and information on Newman's past. He was reportedly arrested years back in Shawnee County, Florida, for property damage, a probation violation, and domestic battery. Right now, he's awaiting trial in federal court, and he has pleaded not guilty to the second-degree murder charge he faces. We'll keep you posted. Two months after Tamara fell to her death on the elation, the FBI announced another criminal investigation after a young woman said that she was sexually assaulted on the same ship. The 18-year-old, who has learning disabilities according to her family, was on a cruise to the Bahamas when a 23-year-old man allegedly sexually assaulted her in a hot tub over her bathing suit. A special needs teen says she was sexually assaulted on a local cruise ship. Right now, the FBI and the Coast Guard are investigating. In an exclusive interview, the teen's mother tells Action News Jax that the assault happened in a hot tub on the Carnival Elation last night. I feel like you watched her and waited for that moment. A mother tells me her 18-year-old daughter was excited for a birthday cruise on Carnival Elation with her grandmother. We're blurring the mom's face to protect the teen's identity. She was in a hot tub with a bunch of kids, and then she said the gentleman came and got in the tub. He got in the hot tub. That's when the Gainesville mom says the man attacked the 18-year-old, who has the mental capacity of a 13-year-old. He just touched her inappropriately. He was arrested and indicted by a grand jury. He has pleaded not guilty and currently faces 10 years behind bars if convicted. I'll post pictures of the murder cases on my website, truecrimedeadline.com and Twitter and Facebook pages under the same name. Now a final thought. And after each of the two murders and the rape case, 
the cruise ship was sent out again for its next scheduled trip on the high seas. And when I looked up those cabins where the crimes happened, they're still available online. So investigators, enjoy your vacation. Until next time. Thank you for investigating True Crime Deadline with Matt Johnson. For more information about the podcast, visit truecrimedeadline.com. And remember, all tips regarding a case should go to the police. Until next time. Mr. Gatsby, want a cookie? Good boy. Now, a post-show shout-out to investigators who wrote reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Stephen Sam 17 writes this. Good job. Keep up the great work. You always keep me intrigued. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, Girl Techie writes, Compassionate reporting, loves my professionalism, and human interest angle that I take, and says, congrats on the Emmy. Well-deserved. Hey, you know what? Thank you for that. Um, It was really awesome to just share that moment with my mom, my biggest cheerleader. And hi, mom, because I know she's listening. And Aaron from the Devil We Know podcast writes, great sound, great host, good delivery, and good cases. Well, thank you, my friend, because you would know how much work really goes into podcasting an independent podcast, and you do a great job too, so check him out. And again, writing reviews really helps independent podcasts like us get noticed. It's easy, it's free, hit five star, please subscribe, tell a friend, and write a review. Oh, and include your name and your podcast name if you're a podcaster because I want to give you a proper shout out. Now I'm excited to also tell you about a couple true crime podcasts I just found. The first one called True Crime Fan Club and the second called Gone Cold. So Gone Cold explores unsolved homicides and missing persons cases in the great state of Texas with interviews with family and friends of cold case victims. Something happened in the home. Someone possibly was killed there, at least one person, and uh, then they disappeared. Texas is known for being tough on crime and those who commit it, or at least the ones who get caught. There are monsters among us. 60% of violent crimes in Texas go unsolved, and a majority of victims rarely make the headlines. Gone Cold Podcast, Texas True Crime, gives in-depth accounts of unsolved homicides and missing persons cases throughout the Lone Star State in an attempt to provide a voice for victims and their families. She was a loving person. That's why after 13 years, it's really bothering me still that nothing's been done, nobody's been found. Please join Gone Cold Podcast on your favorite podcatcher as we examine these forgotten and often underreported crimes. You really have to pray and hope for those people that really know something. You can find them and us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Basically, you know what? Anywhere you binge, hit subscribe, tell a friend please. Now, the other podcast is called True Crime Fan Club. It's a pod for true crime enthusiasts like us. Check it out. Hi, I'm Lainey, host of the True Crime Fan Club podcast. If you're a true crime addict like I am, then my show is for you. I'll peel back the curtain and give you a glimpse into the life and crimes of some of the most demented minds. Check out the episode Broken Bonds and listen to a brother reveal a deeply held secret. Or hear about the day that the heavy metal community will never forget in the episode Dimebag. 
These episodes are just a sample of our catalog, so you have plenty to binge. Just search for True Crime Fan Club Podcast and any podcatcher. You won't want to miss an episode. 